What up, though? Welcome to the second season of the Audio Trip Podcast. I am your host, JS. We've been gone for a minute, but we are back for another great season. This is that second one, as I was speaking of. But first season was over. It was great. Um, had a lot of guests. And I'm here to try to outdo the first one. You know what I mean? So we got a great season ahead uh, of you this year. So, um we're going to get started. 2020 is over. We've all been waiting for it to be over. And um, it's so wild because at the end of the year, we lost so many people. Um, And it's crazy as I was um, doing research or whatever and going through and looking at all the people that we lost in 2020. It was just it's amazing as I'm looking at so many actors and actresses and notable music people that I was just looking at you like, damn, they, they died too? Like, damn. But, you know, it really, it really, it really messed me up because, you know, it was, it was crazy because, like, one week uh, we had lost uh, ecstasy from Houdini. Um, and then we had lost uh, uh, the good brother um, who played Ozone and Breaking. You know, I, I grew up. I grew up to Breaking and Breaking too. Adolfo uh, Quiones better known as Shabadoo, but, you know, I know him as Ozone, but um, he had passed. Um, and, you know, I know that one was from COVID, uh, but, you know, it's, it's sad, really sad. And then, then the week after that, it, you know, we lose, uh, well, he had passed on uh, October 31st, but just to find out on the last day of the year that uh, the legendary MF Doom had passed, was just crazy just you know that just shook me up but on a lighter note um i'm glad to be out of 2020 uh and then come into 2021 and, <laughs> and the stuff still still going on um but um it's looking up you know you know i was hoping that 2021 would be different but it hasn't started out that way but <clears throat> it's looking up you know i have hope we got a new president you know uh, Biden and Kamala are in office now, so you know I'm hoping that it's a lot of a lot of different stuff. You know, I'm just hoping this is just all around a better year. It hasn't been a lot of music dropping so far in the new year, but it's still a good time to discover a lot of new music that you haven't heard. You know what I mean? You know, follow follow your own path. It's a lot of good stuff out there. You know what I mean? It's a lot of good stuff out there. You just gotta find it. You know. Jump on Bandcamp sometimes. You you never know what you'll find out there. Sometimes I could spend hours going from one person's page to another just listening to songs or whatever and looking for music that I like. So it's a lot of stuff out there. Though. Check it out. Um, today we have a good start of the season with a pioneer. A pioneer. I mean that. Of the where I mean that. Uh, and we will be right back. After this commercial from our new sponsor. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
No two breweries are completely identical. Of the more than 8,000 in the United States, breweries differ in size, equipment, ethos, and intent. Still, they all turn to water, malt, hops, and yeast. Plus, special ingredients that we use at our breweries. P.P. John's, made in Magnolia, Alabama. Since 1974, we've been serving you with this great, fine, vegan malt liquor. P.P. John's. Today on the Audio Trip Podcast, we have a pioneer in soul, jazz, breakbeat, techno, drum and bass, and hip-hop. One half of the legendary group 4Hero and the creator of the 2000 Black Family Collective. I'm so happy to have this brother on the show. I'm a big fan. Digo, what's going on, brother? How you doing today? (laughs) I'm laughing at that. That's the studio audience, brother. You know what I mean? Hey. <laughs> they are here. What's going on, brother? Yeah. How you doing today? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, my man. Hi. Hey, um, yeah. yeah, welcome to 2021. Um, how does it feel to have 2020 behind you? Well, like everyone else, we kind of like glad to see the back of that, but. The problem is we're still going to have the handover of 2020 for a little while. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's we'll see definitely. how this goes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the number has <laughs> changed. Well. Yeah, exactly, that's it. Just a number, man. <laughs> for real. You know, but but what's good, of, what's the one good thing about, you know, New Year for people is a kind of reset, think about what they're going to do, you know, what's they called, New Year's resolutions and all that shit, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a good thing about it, kind of like makes you look about look back at yourself yeah and yeah. what's around you and think about what what you can do to improve and so on and so forth so you know i hope i hope people got some goals out there and and they're able to achieve them this year yeah the, you know what i mean the motivation is on a thousand right now it's like all right it's the beginning of the year let me get this going you know what i mean let me get listen this- man if you, if you if you ain't if you ain't ready for fight this year then I can't, boy, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, ain't I mean, meant, yeah. After all gone, if you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the... If you don't know you got to roll up your sleeves this year, then, boy, <laughs> I can't help you, man. <laughs> Most definitely, you missing something then. Did you have any yeah. uh, New Year's resolutions this year? Uh, I look back I look back at what I've released, and I said, I, I've got I've got to try and put out more more, more records. I've got... Mm. We have... Where was it? I have... Five or six things we had come, I had come out this year, and I think yeah. could do a bit better than that. So mm. I'm gonna try up up the ante on, on the releases. You know, it is um, it's crazy because I really dig when I get like an email from 2000 Black, basically from Bandcamp, right? When something drops. Yeah. I, I'm I'm very excited on those on those days, and I'm like, oh damn, okay, let me go, and I go, and I, at that point, I go and buy it at that point because basically. Mm. I believe you are the person that brought me to Bandcamp. Like I always, I always had a profile, but I like to own my music. You know, I'm I'm old school. I like to own my music yeah. rather than just streaming it. Streaming, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I um so I had start going because of you dropping like the the three uh the EPs with the, like three songs on it. And so I was like, yo, so I was loving that. 
And it just made me, well, are these just products of jam sessions or is it something that you plan? Like, I'm going to drop three songs on this day. No, it's all, it's all, it's all planned. Dope. It's all, it's all planned. We, we, I mean, I've got a ridiculous volume of, of music sitting down on hard drives and, and, you know, we try and schedule it out properly. And, and we try to, when we do the things like with three or four tracks on which we're trying to cover different tastes. Yeah. In the same EP, we're trying to, you know, one might be a bit more boogie, one might be a bit more housey, one yeah. might be down tempo, mid tempo, whatever. We try to cover it all and make it, you know, so it's a solid product and, and, and have people think they're getting their value for their money, you know, because yeah. I really appreciate people who are willing to buy physical products nowadays because it's much easier to stream and stuff like that yeah. or, or even just you know, buy buy the, the digital file, the web mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Which is cool as well, you know. But for those people that are willing to like spend the, the ten pound or whatever it is on the E P plus the postage and shit, I I feel we just got we gotta give them their money's worth, especially being a small independent label yes. that we are, you know, I mean we got we gotta come with it, man. Because we ain't got the um we ain't got the strong marketing and 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 stuff like that and lifestyle um association with our label you know yeah yeah I, you know it's it's strange because like i've seen you spin here in atlanta uh before really yeah yeah i've seen yeah i've seen you spin that was a long time ago yeah yeah well i, I have seen you and, and you know the crazy thing uh the crazy thing i went to um i went with my family to amsterdam yeah. right i'm mm. in i'm in amsterdam and i'm just like i'm like oh shit i'm like I'm like Dago. I'm, I'm like I'm like Dago's performing here in Amsterdam, right? And hmm. I'm like, and so I, I, you know, I'm flying from Atlanta. You know, I have my daughter there, and so mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I gotta go see him. I gotta go see him. But the time difference from <laughs> Atlanta to Amst- to Amsterdam, I'm so thrown yeah. off and tired, and I'm like, yeah. and I am I am whooped. And I think it was like, the show was like at eight or nine o'clock, and I was like, I want to go so bad, but I was yeah. so damn tired and thinking like, okay, <laughs> I have to get across from this hotel to I don't hmm. know where the hell I'm. I was so tired, and I'm like, and and now I kick myself in the ass for it because. No, no, because I missed the show, and, and and I think it was only like shows in London and Amsterdam, and I'm like, I'm like, Damn. oh, it was a live show. It was yeah, a it was live a live show. show. This was a live oh, show. Okay. I was yeah, say, oh, right. that's like, uh, that's how it goes, man. Yeah, it was in, it was in, it was in 2017. It was in 2017. Oh, I, I, I don't know what show that is at all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hey, man. Hey, I, I, I was there. In the city, <laughs> my <That's> good enough. <laughs> yeah, hey, I did not. I did, I had good intentions, brother, to see the show. Um, but but uh, at the time, I, I think my daughter was like two, so watching her and she's like, "All right, yeah, you can go, you can go to the show." I'm like, "Yes, mm. man!" After sightseeing and getting back to the hotel, I was like, "I'm tired." I yeah, asleep, it's not man. gonna happen, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like damn, but I still kick myself in the ass for it now. Um, every time, every time some new music come out, now I'm like, God, you know that I'm missing it, you know. But hopefully one day I I will get to I will get to see you perform, you know, on a on a big level like that with a band or whatever, you know. Okay, yes, yeah, quite rare, but yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought you were going to talk about me DJing in Atlanta. I DJed in Atlanta a long, long time ago. Yeah, it was hilarious because. <laughs> It was a, I don't know what club it was in, and it was with, um, who was I DJing with? I think Daz 
was DJing as well. Was that it at, like, was it at the sound table? No, no. I yeah, I spun. I know what you're talking about. That's that's that, that's that kind of rectangular long room kind of place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, it wasn't before that. I done it. I done it before that in this other club. Yeah, I went to the sound table. That's where I seen it. Yeah. So so I it was a just different place, and I remember it was a very like um, housey crowd. Okay. And then I I I came and spun. Oh, it's a couple of house tracks, but I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that for the whole set, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And people got really upset with me. Are you serious? They were, they were pissed at me. And the more they got pissed at me, the more I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play things in different time signatures now because I'm just gonna fuck you off then things like that. Yeah. So that was quite that was quite a funny experience uh, being in Atlanta. So you said the crowd turned on you, huh? They was looking at yeah, you. Yeah, crazy, yeah. Right? yeah, man. I've had crowds turned on me many times. Yo, that has to, so I guess you just like yo, I'm I'm still gonna do what I'm doing. So uh, hey, listen, man, I'm gonna do what I gotta do because I know I know I one thing don't mean to be a big head, but I believe my taste in music is quite exceptional. Yes. So if you if you don't get it, yeah, you might catch on in two years time, three years time, or whatever. Or yeah. you're gonna wait till you or you're one of them people that waits till I don't know. It's okay when Questlove plays it, then it's all good. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I cannot stand those people. You know, I, I cannot stand those people, man. Hey, hey, I remember I remember back in the day, I had, uh, I brought, uh, like, it was like a Wu-Tang EP to one of my friend's house. I played yeah. it I played it for him. He like, yo, I don't get it. This shit is whack. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. are you serious? Right? Hey, yeah. Give it about four months later. Like, yo, you heard that new song by Wu-Tang? Like, get the, get the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away from me, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. damn. You hear the radio play it and somebody else play it. Now the shit is hot. You know what I mean? Like, y'all just go, it, man. Exactly. I can't stand that stuff. You should, you should know your own taste. Yeah. I can get, sometimes I can get when you don't get it the first time. But then after you get it the next time, it's like, you got to just, like, give it up and say, yeah, I didn't quite catch it the first time, man. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. To, to yeah. pretend that they, you know, they were down from the beginning is uh, yeah, man, I'm, annoying. I yeah, I, I cannot stand people who don't walk on their own path. Like, yo, don't yeah. let don't let the radio dictate everything you like. I had um when I had first heard uh, uh the more things stay the same back in 2015. It had led me to pull a lot of your older music right from that point, and um okay, and then you know years after that, I found out I did not know at the time that. You were one of the founding members of Four Hero at that time. I did not put okay. I did not put the shit together. You understand what I'm saying? And I so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. and so once I found out, I, I was like, damn. I you know, it built you up even more in, in my book at that point, like, damn, this brother's bad. I'm like, hmm. and so I had put everything together and I was like, like, yo, your catalog is so extensive. And I was like, damn, you know, I, I mean, just from being a fan of Four Hero and then with that time of, because I remember back here in Atlanta at the time, I would go to the spot that sell, so imports. And that's where I would buy all of my music from London. Um, yeah. And so, cause like the first time I had, the first time I had heard drum and bass, I had bought uh, Ronnie Sy's, uh, uh Represent Timeless. I had bought that yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was the first time I had heard drum and bass. And so at that point, I, I, you know, I went on my other, my more journeys at that point, you know, and I'm, I'm buying for hero lately. I'm buying Omar. I'm buying all just a whole lot of music from London or whatever. But at yeah. the time here in Atlanta, it was a couple of clubs that played like drum and bass or whatever. Um, mm. But 
I would be like one of like two black people there. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it was rare mm. for me at that time to find other people. It's like you would, I would really befriend people when I told them different music that I listened to, you know, but I don't just listen to hip hop. I listen to everything. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, yeah. and I noticed that you, you are like that where you like, I was seeing an interview with you. You were saying basically that when going to clubs back in London, they played everything. So it wasn't, so just the genre of music wasn't, something that you were stuck into. Yeah, we grew up, we grew up in a, a time where, you know, if it was groovy and it had that feel, yeah, and, you know, it, like, it had to either be very soulful or funky in some sort of way, then we're, we're checking for it, you know, and people just play yeah. and everybody got down. And things wasn't, it, it wasn't genre-led. Yeah. It was like, whatever, man, if it's good, it's good, you know, and people just, and they could hear the soul in it or whatever it is. Yeah. And, Found their found their groove in it, and they got down to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's like you seem to be has to be one thing or another, you know. Which is um, crazy. It's a bit sad. It's, and it's, uh, but I understand why in America you might not have got like uh, a lot of black people yeah. checking for drum and bass because you know drum and bass could only have happened in in the UK because mm. of the the Caribbean and. African uh, um, mm. kids who, who who are growing up here, and then their their um, the, the influence that uh, um, hip hop had on them. Yeah. So basically, it, it, and and Chicago te- uh, techno, acid techno stuff. So yeah. it's it, it, we're, we're the melting pot place. So we just yeah. took from all of these things and done it. And, and a lot of the, the the original drum and bass producers are really people that wanted to make hip hop. Mm. And got and they got influenced by Acid House, or they got you know Shut Up and Dance were rappers. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Some some of the earliest things I done were rap stuff as well. You know, so interesting. But we done it in our kind of way. So it built up there, and then if that culture isn't uh, understood in America, then I get how you can be quite alien to people there. Yeah, um, yeah. base, you know. But then it, they need it packaged a certain way, or, or you know. Because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, Outcast, hey, nah, hey, yeah. hey, y'all, yep. that's a drum and bass record. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Or, or, or drum and bass, you could say, is like basically re- uh, the club music of gospel in a certain mm. way. You know, when gospel goes that double time kind yes. of thing? Yeah. It, it, you know, but say. Yeah, yeah I, can, I, can see, I can see the resemblance of it, you know, because hmm. it was... Like me, like growing up, I'm from Detroit, so I was used to techno and I was used to mm. being fast, you know, because everything yeah. with uh, technos uh, uh, or ghetto tech, as they would call it, everything is sped up in Detroit. Um, yeah. And so that's why I've always dug drum and bass because because of that. But, you know, mm. you would find that, um, you know, back in the day, I would, I would take a woman with me to, like, the drum and bass club. They they would be looking at me like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you better stay keep it to the, to the ghetto tape. I remember, I remember, like, when I was, like, uh, being in Detroit and I'd be speaking mm. to Mad Mike and Mad and Mike used to say, Diga, if you just slow it down a little bit, you'll have it. You'll kill it in all the strip clubs and all this stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know that culture of strip clubs and yeah. ghetto tech and all that. You know what I mean? So I was like, slow it down. What? <laughs> Why? But I, now, in retrospect, I get it totally. What he was talking about. You know yeah. what I mean? It yeah. seems so mad. 
Yeah, because in the strip clubs in Detroit, yeah, they they that's what they play. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's what they play. So that's so, it's so interesting. So that's why when I was here, once I went to college and, and moved to Atlanta, it was like, okay, it's like, dang, nobody, you know, I was like, I guess I'm the only dude in here, the only black dude. But <laughs> but, but I have been the only black dude in a lot of places. So, I, you know, so it, yeah. is, it is what it is. It is oh, what it is. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. I, I, I go for the music. You know what I mean? Mm. Do it for the yeah. music. I saw, I saw that you spent five years living in New York. Um, what led you to move there, and, and how was that experience? <laughs> um, yeah, I I went there because I felt like I, I done I've done nearly everything when it comes to there's any everything that I could possibly reach yes. in Europe when it came to my music mm-hmm. and. I thought that maybe to challenge myself and try and push my sound elsewhere, yeah, and try and influence, uh, try and influence another place as well in a certain way. You know, yeah. um, I love the music from America. Obviously, I'm very influenced by it, and um, I always thought about living outside of um, the UK was always something I thought I, I needed to do at some point in my life. Yeah. And uh, obviously, it's easier to go to America as a language and all that stuff. But yeah. so it's just, it's just a, ch- a challenge to myself, and and also I just I don't know I felt a little bit stagnant in the UK. I just felt like well I'm not I'm, there was other types of jobs and stuff I wanted to get, and I didn't seem to be those doors weren't opening for me. You know what I mean? Mm. Or I wasn't suited to it. I don't know you know or what it is. So I went to New York and and you know went for that challenge. And um, how was it? Yeah. I came to New York, I think, probably 10 years too late. Mm. I should have moved there earlier. And to me, it seemed like the cutting edge had, was gone. It was, it set, New York felt a bit blunt. It was lovely to live in. It was lovely to live in, like, you know, eating and... What year was that? You know, what year was that around? I, I went, I got into, where did I move there? 2009? Okay. 2009 I moved there yeah and I, I came back it's about four years yes, because I came back about 2013 into 2013 I came back here okay so I don't know man I expected to, to, to come across this kind of um, you know like in London we've got this you'd think London's all about one certain types of music but underneath mm. there's all kinds of underground scenes going on and doing what they're doing yeah and I didn't feel that that was really happening in New York mm. you know what I mean yeah interesting it's, I, I, I think I think that um that the type of thing I was looking for was really in LA. Mm. If I think about it at the time, uh, you know, but, yeah, 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 but it is what it is, you know. But, I'm, yeah. I don't regret it at all. I, I loved my time there, yeah, I had a great time, did, and, um, did great, the, great summers and lots of shit to do, you know? yeah, yeah. Did, did the uh, food impress you? Oh, yeah, 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 if you just, yeah, if you know London's getting better, but uh. You don't test a lot of places around the world when it comes to food. And uh, New York was like, was good. Like I was eating all kinds of stuff there, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. That's, that's interesting. I, you, I don't know. I, I like the food in London though. Like in, in London? Yeah. Well, when we, in, 
but, mean, but but you but you gotta remember i'm from america though so it was just something different for me at the time you know what i mean okay I, yeah so I, I i liked eating fish and chips and, and turkish food and stuff or you know the turkish spot I, oh, okay you know, yeah, yeah oh, so, okay see i get what you say i mean it, it, london has gotten much better yeah and there is there is there is a good there is lots of spots you can you can check out in london definitely you know because i can't um, i can't get a decent piece of of uh, fried fish in America for shit okay. at, at all, at all. I've been trying to recreate mm. it. Like, damn, I guess I cannot get that same piece of fish here. But you know, <laughs> it is, it is, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. it is what it yeah. is, man. But um, but no, that's dope. That, but I can understand that. Um, you know, of you getting to a scene too late in certain you know of it's like dang okay well hey and i guess at that point you're like let me just go on back i'll just go back to london but i mean but i guess everything is written you know what i mean we, mm, take, we yeah. take we take these journeys for a reason you know what i mean mm. i see basically you uh you established the 2000 black collective in 1998 um can you tell me who are the members of 2000 black family well it's the, the basis of it is uh, uh mr mensa Matt Lord, Kylie Tatum, and I'd say Medine Charles, Abenoa, and Lady Alma. Ah, uh, from Silhouette. Like, um, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like, uh, that's the, the pillars, you know what I mean? I'd yeah. say. Yeah, those uh, are my reliable go-tos for this whole thing. So, yeah. Dang, that's dope. All right, so basically, every, so, because so many albums that come out of which is so dope. It's almost like a a soulful Wu-Tang or something. You know what I mean? When I look at, because I, I look at a lot of the album names, and I'm like, is this everybody? Like like you said, Lord and everybody. Because I noticed some of, like, uh, like one of my favorite songs is uh, Green Woods. And, yeah. you, uh, and it's with uh, Lord of Mercy and you. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you, man, sometimes I'm in my car driving down the freeway listening to that song. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of good music that, comes out now and um man i really appreciate it because it is um do you plan on having do you have a lot of like you were saying you, you're trying to put out more music this year do you have a lot planned like so yeah i've got yeah. the solo albums is hard is is hard because um i don't know what's up with some of the guys man they're like i mean kaidi does solo albums but yeah. the other guys i don't know man they just they they're really happy just working in conjunction with or co-producing and stuff like that they uh, don't yeah. they're, they're really uh, i don't know they like don't want to be in the spotlight i mean i don't want to be in the spotlight either not that there's a spotlight on us anyway <laughs> we're very we're very underground anyway so i don't yeah. really need to be scared about but they just you know they there's some people that are happy to assist rather than score the goal in it you know what i mean so yeah. yes, and that's what you know i've been i've been encouraging them and like i've heard the demos of what could possibly be their album like yeah. like matt Done some stuff, and I've heard things that uh, Mr. Mensa's done that could be possibly be his own album. And I don't know; they just they're not they just don't want to, you know. And I've offered help to help complete them for them, and yeah, but they're just that's they, they get more hyped. They get they get more hyped when I'm like, oh, okay, I'm doing this at my album now. And, yeah. I, and I say it and stuff, they go, yeah, oh, let me help on that part. Or whatever. <laughs> they, I'm like, okay, but just like they don't want okay. their own. Wow, no, they don't know. They they they're not they like they like to be really in the background. They're like that. They don't want it. They don't want the attention or anything. They don't. They they just not about that type of thing. You know. Because when I look at it, I look at it. It's almost like 
like jazz projects from like the 60s and 70s, how a lot of the jazz musicians, like you would get Miles on Miles and Coltrane on this album. It's like, yo. And so nowadays I look at what you are doing is almost like that musically. It's like, man, okay, these are, because when I see the names, I'm like, all right, all right, this, I, I'm used to seeing the names now. Um, hmm. And I just, I think that, I think that is just, I think it's just dope. You know what I mean? I think it's dope because it is, it is just expanding just different forms of music because if somebody like somebody had asked me one time when they got in the car, like, Oh, what kind of music is this? They, you know, and, and I'm like, it's everything. You know what I mean? It's everything. Yeah. It's, it's soulful. It's everything. You know, it, like it sounds like jazz, but then I'm like, Oh, it's, it's everything. It's, it's just dope. Right. And so I've mm. turned a lot of people on to the music from that standpoint. And, and when it comes to basically you producing other artists, um, which projects have really stood out to you where you felt like the synergy just it was just totally right? I don't really... I, my, that's the problem with my career. I don't really get to produce a lot of other artists. Mm. That's, that's why I went to New York. Wow. I was, I was doing writing for other people and stuff, you know? So, and then the things never came out and stuff like that. So, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. It's, it, 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 man, like, you know, I... Yeah, that's that's the that's the problem, and that's what and that's what we really want to do. We don't, re- I don't really want to put out all this stuff on my own label. Mm. I'd rather, I'd rather be doing two tracks for this person, three tracks for that person's album, a single for this person, and so on and so forth. That's really that would really be, that's really what I want to do, you know. Yeah. But just... because those opportunities don't aren't happening, then I'm like, okay, I'll. I'll make up. A, we'll make up another project. Okay, Project X. Let's do this. Yeah. Show that we can do this type of thing. You know. So I, I think I think that's um, I think that's totally dope, though. How you do the projects, it almost remind hmm. me of some uh, MF Doom, uh, rest in peace. Uh, some MF yeah. Doom type stuff where you just like, okay, this isn't me. I'm not doing this one. You know what I mean? And it's it's another yeah. side project. So I I think that's dope. I think that's dope. Yeah, um, man. It's, it's a, rather than waiting for stuff to happen, yeah, come to you. Sometimes you just got to make it happen yourself, and that's that's what we're about: self, being self sufficient, independent, and and progressive all the time. You know, yeah, so yeah, the the, the 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 jobs that I would like to have, maybe they're not happening. Okay, I'll do it myself then, man. Yeah, you don't feel like I can make down tempo hip hop type stuff? Okay, we'll we'll do it ourselves. We'll, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. We just get we just get on it, get on with it instead of complaining. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the best way to do it. Have hmm. uh, the last album I bought was um, the album I think you said is, was it is it Sammy uh, the figuring it out album? Oh, Sammy, Sammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sammy have, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a dope album. How did how did that come about? What you produced? Well, that? I was okay. So I was DJing at uh, this, this this young kids called um, Touching Bass. Okay. And I was DJing at one of their parties uh, like years ago. It was about, I don't know, it might have been over two years ago. And then uh, I was playing, playing some, I was playing a, like a track, something I've been working on and just testing it in, in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a mic and girl came up and sung on that track and she sounded great. Mm. And then she disappeared. And then like about two days after, I thought about that moment. I was like, that was good. Like, she, you yeah. know, she, 
came on, done, and she done it in a way. You know, sometimes someone can get carried away and do too much, and, <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. when she, you know, she done her thing, and and then she jetted out. You know what I mean? I was yeah. cool. I called up Errol, who ran the party, and I said, "Look, who who who's the girl? Who is she? You know what I mean?" And he tells us mm. one of his friends and stuff, and I said, "Look, he introduced me to her. I can do some work. We should try and do something." Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's how we we started talking, and then I started sending her music and. Not just, not sending the music to, to to write to, but sending the music like of our vibe and what we're into, and talking to her for a good long time because I felt I didn't want to force it and like oh come in the studio next week. No, we we kind of spoke to each other for a good six seven months. Uh, you know what I mean? Before yeah. actually going in the studio ever, and then when we felt comfortable with with each other, you know what I mean? Because she's much younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's, she's the younger generation. You know what I mean? So then I invited her to the studio, and we started working on stuff and. You know, we worked on the stuff for about, I don't know, a year and a bit or whatever. And that's the end result, what you hear there. Interesting. That was dope. And she, and she actually and she actually produces herself and she's got her own stuff, her own productions, which I'm I'm hyped for her to finish. You know what yeah. I mean? I, there's one thing I've heard and I was like, it's really different. And and um, I'm going to try and help her with her, her own stuff, you know, her own productions herself. You know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. That's interesting. Um, Like, I noticed a lot of, a lot of different artists on especially on the band uh camp page like uh like Marvin Jupiter. Mm. Who who is he? <laughs> Marvin Jupiter. He's he is a kid that I used to babysit. Interesting. Wow. He's a kid I used to babysit. He's he's a uh, uh, his his dad uh was a DJ. Okay. And that I used to spin with we used to do this, uh this club called Co op with him. So I'm really good friends with his his dad and his mum. And I've known him, you know, like I said, I used to actually babysit him and stuff. And he's like, how old is he now? I think he's 20 years old now. So Wow, that's interesting. He was doing some stuff and he, he he's more he's more rap, really. He's yeah. like a rapper and stuff. So, like, so he had these tracks. I was like, look, if you, if you want, I'll, I'll put put this out. And he's like, yeah, okay. So we, we just went for it. So I was, I, was, I was proud to put out his first 12-inch first release, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's like, because I'm really, I'm really, I'm really up for, I really feel it's important to try and keep some sort of link with the with the kids that are younger than me yes. and also people older than me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah. I'm you know, I'm still in contact with Larry Mazel, okay. you know, who's our our hero and you know what I mean? Like yeah. and DJs that influenced me I still speak to. And then there's people, you know, coming up youngsters in their teens and twenties and whatever that I I am willing to engage with and I think it's important that that happens. I don't like this kind of world within music that turns into defined by age. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it, it needs to be like that. You know, when I was, when I was 14 years old, I was dancing to James Brown. I didn't think it was old people's tired music. <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah. the shit was funky and yeah. that was it. Yeah. It didn't matter when yeah. it was made and who made it. It's just, yeah. Is this good? Is this funky? Does this move me? Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that's a problem I, I see that happens nowadays. And I, I want to, I'm actively trying to counter that with, you know, you know, engaging with uh, younger artists and and younger DJ collectives, like I mentioned, uh, touching bass and so on. And my friend has a, uh, Char- uh, Charlie Duck has a radio station that has a lot of younger DJs. And, you know, it's, I could be, I could act like, oh, you know, that's, I don't need to do that kind of thing. But no, let's, let me, let's, let me speak to them without my music and stuff and show them how we do things or whatever and, 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 and try and they can pick out what they like from what I do and, and, and apply it to what they're doing, you know? Cause I think yeah. I do have something to offer in, in that context, you know? So yeah. I'm trying to be like better at 
um, having a, a, a bridge between us and and, and the different generations. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, especially in the hip hop world, they use that old that old thing a lot like y'all that's that's old music or that's you know that that's old like you know a lot of times i try, I try to tell me dismissive yeah yeah and i try to tell my kids like nah you know you grew up on this what are you talking about you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah you used to like this you know what i mean but mm. but i think really and because a lot of times you know people don't people don't look at like a lot of white folks don't say, oh, look at Rolling Stones. Oh, they so old. Or, you know what yeah. I mean? They looked at as classic, just like a lot of our artists should be looked at as classic and should be exactly. a, a great amount of respect for them there. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. There is, there's not enough, there is, the respect isn't there because they're not taught the history. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, when I heard Biggie Smalls rapping, rapping on Sylvia Stripling, yeah. I didn't think, I didn't think Biggie Spools made all the, that music. I knew that was Silver Stripling and it was yeah. Roy Yeah, I knew that because I knew the history. Yeah. So if you know the history, you can appreciate what's going on now and also appreciate where you came from for the, to be where you are now. Yeah. And that's the problem. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on with this generation, yeah. what, what music they grew up on in their house or whatever, why they think that anything, anything before the year 2015 is old school, but... <laughs> You know, good luck to them, man. Yeah, yeah. Or I am looked at as old school. They're the ones. I think. I think myself. You're missing out. You're missing out. You're missing out on on legendary stuff, and you can learn so much. I'm constantly buying old records. I I don't really buy new records. I'm constantly buying old records because it's because at the end of the day, it's all being done already. No matter what you think of, I don't care what genre you're thinking of, what new genre you come up with. Yeah. Basically, the fundamentals of it have already been done. When drum and bass came out, I remember hearing jazz records. It's, it's, it's a this crew, this group called the Prophets of Soul. Okay. Basically, a drum and bass record it was, yeah. and that was recorded in nineteen whatever. You know, it's like. Yeah. Do you know being in London and growing up, what was the um, first drum and bass record? What what stemmed just that culture? What did it What did it come from? Well, this is what I was trying to explain earlier on. I think it stems from in in London the hit the hype hip hop track, right? Uh-huh. Was Big Daddy Kane, I get raw and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was a bit of a f- more up tempo dance type hip hop, which yeah. was running at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was the influence of things like that, plus the acid house Chicago and techno from Detroit. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then you had this kind of remember this? Do you remember the time they had hip house? Yes, I remember. I remember yeah. the name. Yeah, I remember the name. Yeah, hip yeah. house. Yeah. So it, we always verging on hip house, kind of like, and then it got. I I don't know why it got faster, but the DJs were playing it faster. Mm. So then people would produce it faster because their DJs were already playing it faster, and then it just ended up where it was with, with drum and bass. But those are the, the the main influences. Really, was was hip hop, Chicago acid house, yeah. and Detroit techno. That's interesting. That because is- we had the, we had the the summer of love, which was a, a madness, which was just basically people going nuts off their rocker with techno and stuff, you know. Wow, because it's like I would listen to like basically when you were uh, in Four Hero, it was so soulful, and I dug the string the strings so much, and I it's like when I just go back and listen to it, it's like it's amazing, and to think. And and to think for a while, it's like I did not even know <laughs> that 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 you were the same person at the same time. So it's like I was like, God, I felt so stupid at the time. But these, nah, nah, nah. yeah, these are the past. It was a different time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a different time, you know. Like like 
we have phases. This is the sound of that time, and then you move on and you start exploring a different sound or whatever, and try to find your groove and whatever. You know, it's like there's a Pharrell production in Rump Shaker sound like a Pharrell production in 2020. No, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. You might if you're not, and if you're not, don't know. You might not know it's the same person and stuff. You know, yeah. Yeah, because you know, it's weird so, when, I, when I hear Pharrell snares from back then, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, it sounds like some preset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> man. I'm like, man. Yeah. <laughs> but back but then, back that's, then, that's, it was yeah, hot. It was hot high. when yeah, I first exactly. heard it. It was yeah. hot. Yeah. I was like, man, this is hot. But when I hear it now, it's like, ah, ah it's a little, yeah. you cringe a little bit, you know? Like, <laughs> Listen, man, there's, I got loads of records from the 90s that I cringe at. They're terrible. But, you know, I, I didn't go. I didn't go to music school and yeah. I didn't, I did you know, so I didn't study music theory and whatever. So I had to find out things. As I got tips from musicians and just trying to learn from records I bought. And, you know, and then I feel confident like nowadays in the last 10, 15 years, I feel much more qualified to, to, yeah. to do the productions I do. But yeah, from like 1989, 90 up until man, there's a whole lot of mess out there. It's horrible. It's a lot of summits. Absolutely <laughs> diabolical. But, but that is wild that you say that, man. That's wild that it's, you say it's that. It's true. I'm just telling the truth because I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? There's lots of things out of tune and this, that, and the other. Yeah. But, you know, my, my, my schooling is, um, is not, I didn't go to a school and you don't hear that music. Yeah. And then I get quality and then I pass my exams and then afterwards I start making music. You're hearing me learn on the job. Yeah. So for the first, 10, 15 years, I'm just getting by on youthful energy and exuberance, basically. You know what I mean? It's like, that is what, uh, the, that's the, the, the wind in the cells of those records. It's the energy and the, and it's more the ideas rather than the execution. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's how it goes sometimes, man. It's like, so, we all got. So you just went strictly off of feeling just starting with playing music and everything. Yeah, that's, I, that's, sampling wow. and whatever. I don't know what doing. Some, you know, it's like yeah. if you just think about some of the early hip hop records, yeah. and you hear they they got. Remember they used to have they used to have uh, like filtered down loops, yeah. and then they have a horn riff yeah. in the chorus. But the horn riff would be totally out of tune <laughs> from the whatever that. That's the same thing. It's like doing that. You like the idea is great, but yeah. you know, and then and then you you know the machines. How much could you manipulate to to get it? How you know how you want it? Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all very technical those days and so on, you know. So it's the same sort of thing, you know. What did you start off with? What machine did you start off with when you first started? Uh, I was, we was using a Akai S950, uh, this program on a, a Atari ST called Creator. Wow. In fact, no, not even Creator. Before that, it was this Roland drum machine called 626, I think it was, we were sequencing the samples from. Wow. That was the first introduction to making music production and a, and a Fostex four track tape. Wow. And you started there and wow. Because, yep. because I am really, I am really big on just looking at people's setups. And so hmm. looking at your setup uh, and seeing y'all performing in the studio on YouTube. Um, hmm. And I'm just like, wow. So I'm looking, I'm looking at all of y'all playing together uh, and I'm like, man, this is amazing. I just love seeing setups and seeing what people started with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, because of of me just starting making music when I was younger and getting an SP-1200 and then going to Kai MPC uh, 2000 yeah. and just moving mm -hmm. up and moving as time. But 
it's just so interesting to see, you know, how the yeah, time hum, I've, hum, humble beginnings is always the best because yeah. you learn the stuff inside that. And then, you, then, you know, if we just had all the stuff at once, God, it would be a mess probably because wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to focus on anything. So. <laughs> no, at all. You need to focus on yeah. one thing first. Because, yeah, that, it don't matter how much you got. It's like if you don't know how to use it and, yeah. and you shot, then you shot. I have a segment of the show that's called Three Questions. I'm going to go into the okay. three questions now. You'll hear it now, and I'll go right into it. All right, Brother Digo, I got three questions yep. for you. What is your favorite movie? My fa- oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to Okay. Oh man, this is horrible to do this just on the fly like that. Okay. I know I know how hard it is. <laughs> and I guess right, that's I'm the gonna, whole point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, you just, just, just run a trap on me, basically. Okay, yeah. let me all right, so I'm gonna think of I'm gonna talk myself into working it out. Right, I'm gonna think about things that I've watched on on numerous occasions. Okay. Uh I love Gentleman Broncos. Mm, I never heard of that. No, that's the, the same good people that made um, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, so Gentleman Broncos, I do like, but also I love the first, remember Dune? Yeah, and yeah. I, I, think they're, I think they're making a new one. Yeah, they're making a new one now, yeah. The new one, which I'm, I don't think I'm going to bother with, but I used to, I love the first Dune. I've seen that countless times. Oh. I've, I also have seen Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Because that's just the most stupidest nonsense <laughs> that film is ridiculous <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not the biggest Will Ferrell fan because I think he's done a lot of a lot of his stuff is missed for me yeah. you know what I mean but yeah. that brothers the Tagler Delin Lights or whatever I can't never pronounce that properly that, that's the shit yeah. um, but I think I'm gonna go for The Big Sleep The Big Sleep The Big Sleep which is Lauren Bacall and Humphrey okay. Bogart okay. and the, and the the dialogue in that film is mad. The, the going back and forward, yeah. their rhythm when they're talking, I love that shit. It's bad. Dope. So I'm going to say The Big Sleep. That's that's my favorite. I'll say that for now. I got to check that out. All yeah. right. All right. If you could go to three concerts, dead or alive, who would you go see? <sighs> All right. One has to be The Headhunters. The Headhunters when Herbie Hancock yeah. was in it. Yeah. Okay. I want to see them. I would also want to see. There's a con- there's a little bit of footage I've seen with um, the Blackbirds, okay. and it has the, the Mazel Brothers playing with them at uh, what's that festival in Switzerland? Montreux, mm. Montreux Jazz yeah, Festival. Montreux Jazz Festival. Okay. Yeah, so I'd love to see the Blackbirds when they, that performance with them, um, the Mazels with them, and I don't know, this is bad because there's no vocal real group. It's not like no vocalist. Oh, oh, James Brown in nineteen seventy or sixty something, or in the late sixties, around yeah. then. James Brown at that time, yeah. Not when he got into the eighties. I don't want to hear see that shit. But, <laughs> yeah, you don't, but, you don't want to hear coming to America. <laughs> I don't want to hear living, yeah, yeah. To, living in America. Yeah, 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 that's what living to America. Living in America. <laughs> I hated that song. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, you because you know who he was. You're like, yeah, oh god, yeah. this is like. Yeah, I don't get your money, James, but Jesus. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Uh, no, yeah. those was good. My last yeah. question is: What is your favorite childhood memory? Favorite childhood memory? Yeah. 
Um, my dad taught me how to play cricket. At a, I mean, at a ridiculous young age. So when I came to school and started playing cricket in primary school, my teacher, just the, the, the cricket teacher, he was stunned. He was amazed. You get what I'm saying? Because I had all the strokes. I knew yeah. all the techniques and stuff. I was like, I was well advanced than all the other kids playing cricket. And I ended up playing for certain established cricket teams and stuff for, for a while. Wow. Um, yeah, my dad teaching me cricket is, you know, because like, you know, dad and son time, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's, um, yeah. and you don't, and there weren't too many. He was so busy working and came home tired. Yeah. And if you made noise in the house, you'd be upset. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's knackered because you yeah. fall asleep. You fall asleep after you eat dinner. You know what I mean? And you might laugh at something on TV and you wake up upset. And, yeah. you, know, you, and you can't tell him to go, why don't you go to bed then? Yeah. You know, as a kid, you can't tell your dad that shit. You'd be get real pissed at that. Yeah. So, yeah. so having him teach me how to play cricket was like, you know, uh, you didn't get that much time with dad because he yeah. left before you woke up. Yeah, and often came back home before you know after he was on the bed. You know, I think yeah. he's working. Yeah. So uh, yeah, play. Like, my dad teaching me cricket is uh, I'd say that's my favorite childhood memory. That's... As you just spring these three questions on me just like that. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. that was, that was the whole one. We had to throw you off somewhere, you know. So yeah, you know, now, but... now 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 you've got me upset, upsetting my mum probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but you know what hey, the point is we, we we learned something we learned something about you that yeah. you know that we didn't know but hey i think that's universal with uh with all black fathers it's like mm. you do not it's like you are the one sleep in the damn chair why don't you just yeah. go lay down but you can't say yeah. that you know, oh i go lay down no you go lay your ass down you know what i mean like oh okay now i'm going to bed now you know what yeah. i mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what could you but what could you say though you know what i mean what could you say you just yeah let me just be quiet you know what i mean yeah let me just be quiet you know no 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 that's dope no you can you can throw a memory of your mom in there if you want to <laughs> so she don't get in get mad no nah, that's all good it's all good <laughs> <Okay>. good <laughs> no no that's that's dope though man hey um I appreciate you, brother, um, being on the show today. Um, uh, no worries. It, it, it was good talking to you. Um, uh, where can everybody find you at? Find me. Yeah. Social, social media. You know. Oh Bandcamp, God. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, the best, the best place, I guess. Oh, Bandcamp. Yeah, the uh, Bandcamp. Two thousand black. Uh, uh, the Bandcamp is there. Yeah. And uh, Instagram is updated fairly. Uh, frequently um that's um at 2000 black and that's it man we're trying to we're trying to um keep keep the soul the funk and the jazz um alive and you know musical feeling we're trying to keep that alive we're trying our best to do that regardless of what type of groove we're 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 sitting on so come join us there i basically wanted people on the show that I that I dig and that I really listen to. You know, I didn't want mm. I didn't want anybody that I don't normally mess with. You know what I mean? Mm. So because I don't yeah. want I don't wanna I don't have to lie. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, wanna yeah. I wanna course, just yeah. be as yeah. genuine and because I really listen to everybody that is on it. So so I think it's I think yeah. it's dope and and I really um you know I really have a I really just dig the music. So wanted to have yeah. you on here. So man I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot, man. All right. And thank you for being on the show. I'll talk to you later, and we'll um, we'll talk to you soon. 
All right, man. Easy, man. Have a good day. You too. That was a great conversation with the brother Digo. Um, I want to say, uh, please don't forget to support the artists either on Bandcamp or wherever you can purchase music at. You can still purchase copies and you can also purchase the vinyl also on Bandcamp also. So many artists have merch and music that you could purchase, not just the digital version. So make sure you support uh, the brother Digo and the 2000 Black Family. And uh, don't forget to hit us up. That is on the audio trip podcast.com. And don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and on Facebook. You know, go like some pictures, you know, befriend us, you know, check us out. That is the audio trip podcast once again. Uh, and don't forget to support your artists. This is our first episode of the second season. I am your host, J.S., and thank you for listening. Talk to you later. Peace.